Hello and welcome back to SEMA's podcast, y'all ready for this, where we talk about all things emergency management and emergency preparedness to make sure that you and your family are ready for any type of natural or man-made disaster right here in Chatham County. This week, for the very last time, I am bringing you my co-host, Sakili Johnson, our AmeriCorps Vista. Sakili, welcome for the last time. Thank you for not the last time, because I'm sure I'll have other stuff to thank you for later. <laughs> so everyone, our podcast today is, I know we like, my opening is the same every time. And we always talk about emergency preparedness. And some of those things will likely be sprinkled in. But today we're going to focus on Sakili's farewell. We're going to be talking about her AmeriCorps Vista experience and be providing some general overviews of what she accomplished during the program. And we're going to talk a little bit about her previous times on the podcast and some of the lessons learned that we had on those podcast episodes. So it's going to be a fun one. Stick around. But let's get started. Sakili, let's take it way back to when you first started. I think your first podcast was in June of 2021. You'd been here not even a full oh, month. Wow. Yeah. And I said, Sakili, let's do a podcast after giving her homework of watching every podcast that I had ever made. <laughs> and I said, Sakili, we're going to do a podcast on re-entry. What did Was you that think? Director Jones? Is that the one we did? Oh, yeah. It, yes. What did you think coming into your first podcast that, that was, you were going to talk about was. re-entry, which you had never even heard of before? So that was fun because I, my only experience with re-entry up to that point in my Vista ship was actually having to re-enter the county after evacuating. So I was like, okay, so this is going to be informational and educational for me as well as co-host of the podcast today. But that was interesting. And um, I've learned a lot about podcasting and I hope my sound quality has gotten better over the <laughs> over time because we learned that like the built-in mic for the laptops down here, Fun fact, I can tell you this now that I'm leaving. I record all the podcast episodes down here in the logistics room because upstairs it's like my office space is open. So I need a secluded area. So I I always steal a mic for the podcast now, like plug it in. So hopefully that sounds better. So we learned built-in mic for Sakili. Not a good idea. Yeah. So the first couple of podcast episodes that Sakili did, one, we needed to find the right place to do it. We learned that pretty quickly. Yeah. Two, the microphone was horrible and it was not working. Like every time she spoke, I'm like, what did she even say? Um, so yeah, we've we've learned a lot over the last year. I can't believe it's been a year this week. Oh, really? really? Wow. You... Next week it will be a year. That's insane. Um, Absolutely it is. insane. I All think right, we so... also learned that we could just have um, more conversational podcasts because we do kind of have to know the com um, the questions that we're going to ask the subject matter experts ahead of time. But I think people have really enjoyed the episodes when it's also seems more like me and Chelsea are chatting or like we're chat have chatting and enjoying the conversation with all of the subject matter experts, which we always do. But I really enjoyed uh, <laughs> the episode with uh, Dr. Harper and talking about animals and you know how to drug my cat Squidward. If you remember nothing else, know that a veterinarian told you on this podcast that you could drug your pet if they're unruly in the car. Yes. So I was preparing for this episode and I was thinking like, 
what is something that I know and love about Sakili that I could talk about on this podcast? And I was like, wait a second. It's already something that everybody knows and loves about Sakili. It's her love for pets and her love for her, her cat Squidward, which is not actually her cat's name. It's not his name, but it I feel like matter. that came up during a podcast episode when I could not remember your cat's name. I was like, yeah, your cat Squidward. Squidward. And yeah, it's been Squidward ever since. It's been Squidward ever since at SEMA. Nobody at SEMA, I think knows my cat's real name and I think I'm just gonna leave that a mystery on my way out I might have said my cat's real name on a podcast if somebody wants to find that and comment it it's fine but you know if it's Squidward it's canonically Squidward now and I'm okay with that I like it yeah yeah all I could remember is that the real name started with an s or what I assumed it does yes (laughs) wow look at me yeah so that's all I had and I guess I had Spongebob on the brain and decided it was going to be Squidward. <laughs> Squidward. <laughs> but yeah, let's talk about that that podcast a little bit. I know you already mentioned that Dr. Harper told you that it was totally fine for you to drug your cat, uh, drug your cat during an mm-hmm. evacuation. But what's something else that kind of stuck out to you, or something that you remember about animal preparedness? Um, I'm going to do the cat specific one first because I love my cat. But the feel away spray that you can spray into carriers or onto comfort items so that the cat is more at ease at the car, which is also I consider a part of drugging your cat. But also (laughs) he mentioned that especially for cats, it's better to have the soft shell instead of the hard shell carrier because some animals kind of like cling to the back or like crunch themselves up in the back of the carrier and the vet techs and veterinarians kind of have to like pet the carrier and kind of slide them out. So I think I already had a soft shell carrier before then, but I, I definitely had one after. But I think also just the general preparedness element where you try to make as much as you can the evacuation plan common practice or at least elements of it like okay, let's get in the carrier when we don't have to go to the vet or when we don't have to go in the car to get away from a hurricane so that later we're not as nervous. Both me and Squidward will be at ease and you and your pet can be at ease too because you'll have done it before. And I think that really goes for all elements of emergency preparedness. If you practice your plan beforehand, you will not have to have the headache of trying to remember all the elements and who does what later on. Absolutely. So putting all of your supplies in one place, figuring out where you're going to go during an evacuation. These are all things that you can do ahead of time. So that's a lot less stressful. That reminds me though, that brings me to my next point. One of, one of my favorite podcasts that I think I've done all throughout the last year and a half of podcasting is the one with Maria and Kelsey from the American Red Cross talking about creating your emergency kit. I remember, Sakili, we got off of that podcast and I feel like we looked at each other and we're like, that was amazing. Yes. <laughs> so clearly you remember that one. Is there something that kind of stuck out to you from that one? Um, I think the funniest thing is that we just finished talking about pet preparedness. And I remember at some point I derailed the whole conversation about emergency kits again into emergency kits for pets. I will find a way to work it into any conversation. I, that is a special skill that I have. Oh, so that might be a special skill that Sakili walks away, walks away (laughs) from SEMA with is in any conversation, party or otherwise, 
I will work in creating an emergency kit for your cat. Or yeah, just an emergency kit if you ask the other Vistas, because somehow during every coffee meetup or hangout, I it always ends up with me being like, and you guys, you should create an emergency kit. And it's so easy because you could just use whatever's around your house. Um, fun fact, everybody, I did my, um, what will probably be my final um, outreach presentation for um, some of the folks from AmeriCorps. And one of the questions I asked was, what's in your emergency kit? And if you don't have one, what do you think is in my emergency kit? And, you know, everybody kind of took that uh, chance to kind of poke fun at me and be like, I bet Sakili has a backup radio and backup portable batteries. And I had all of those things. So I was just like, well, and now I'm changing the topic. Oh, Sakili's like, I feel personally victimized right I now. I feel <laughs> Like, this is a crime. What is happening? But yeah. All right. Well, that, that really was my favorite episode, I think. Just looking back at it, listening to it, and just how generally excited we were. Like, it was very obvious that all four of us had an emergency kit and we're literally just bringing information to the table of like, oh, have you thought about putting this in your emergency kit? Or what about this? Or one time my husband tried to put this in there. And we were like, no, no. So, yeah. Well, and I think in that episode too, we talked about my daughter who's now two, but at the time was obsessed with Cocoa Melon. If you have JJ. not watched Cocoa Melon, you are missing out or maybe you are just fine. It's fine. <laughs> Cocoa Melon is like the most ridiculous kid show where they sing songs about everything. You're mm -hmm. taking the trash out. You're going to sing a song about it. <laughs> you're Lunch going box, to the bathroom. About it. You are going to sing a song about it. It's a great, great show. Keeps kids occupied for an ungodly amount of time. Anyway, my daughter was obsessed with the main character, JJ, whose name I think is quite literally Johnny Johnny. I have no idea. Um, no. There's like a whole song about it. Johnny Johnny. But anyway, so JJ, we'll the main character, we had to have an extra <laughs> JJ to go inside of our emergency kit because if something happened to her JJ during an incident, oh my gosh, I would not be able to live with her. So that's my takeaway for your emergency kit. If you've got kids, if you've got animals and they have a comfort item, you better have an extra one of those comfort items in that emergency kit. Just my piece of advice. We always harp on emergency kits, but I like to harp on them because um, Anything that's in them might be just what you have, especially if you can't come home for a while or if you come home and things are completely different. So I think one of my main takeaways from just being at my time in SEMA and learning so much about emergency preparedness is um, customize your emergency kit because it's, it's yours and you could spend tons of money on stuff on Amazon or other websites that will sell you preparedness materials. And that's fine if you're able to do that and you're interested in doing that. But none of those things will probably have precisely what you need to keep yourself and your loved ones comfortable. So if there's things that you know you would need, especially in a shelter setting, which is gonna be like a gymnasium setting, remember, it's not gonna be like the Ritz Hotel. So blankets, pillows, comfort items, so if you're my cat, he does have a blanket that's like his baby blanket. That's his preferred blanket. If you're Sakili, it's very important that your wireless earbuds are charged at all times because without music, I am very uncomfortable. And, and you know what yours thing is ahead of time. And also comfort snacks. Put those in there. Mm. Because what if they're not available or you can't go to the store and you're angry and you need a snack? These are things to think about. They're very important. The audacity. 
Yes. If I do not have goldfish or Cheez-Its, life will come to a halt. Trust me. My daughter has inherited that from me. Those are my comfort snacks and I need to have them. I'm also <laughs> lactose intolerant, but somehow it works. Somehow it works. Goldfish and Cheez-Its, number one. All right. So this actually brings me to a really good point. And as we were talking about snacks, as you we were talking about food, it reminded me of that podcast episode, Sakili, where we, well, I'm not actually even sure it was a podcast episode, but we created all of those emergency like recipes. It was part of national preparedness month. Do you yeah. remember that? Yeah. Maybe it was just a Facebook live. Now that, that I say it out loud. It was like a, it was a Facebook live. We had a recipe contest. Yes, that's what it was. Mm-hmm. Our recipe that was contest. Really yeah, that was that was really awesome. And we tried to find all of the ingredients, but we couldn't find all of them initially. And then we found some really awesome taco sauce that made those nachos like phenomenal. We actually yes. doubled the recipe and ate them off air Amazing. as well. I felt like I was absolutely Hoda copy on the Today Show. And I was like, and now we're going to make this recipe. It was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. And Director Jones came down and tasted that winning recipe, which was the disaster nachos. So shout out to, I think, was it Nathan who won that contest? It was Nathan. Shout out to Nathan. Good job, Nathan. If you're watching or if other people tag you in the post, maybe they will, maybe they won't. I don't know. But that was really awesome. And also shout out to Larisha, our admin assistant, because she went out and found us that delicious taco sauce and we couldn't find the taco sauce we needed. And it really made those disaster nachos pop. They were delicious. They were really phenomenal. And I've actually, I have made them since. And I don't, Sakili, I don't think that I've told you that, but I actually pulled out the recipe from that not too long ago and made nachos again because I was craving nachos and that's just who I am in life. That Um, is a high, that is a compliment of the highest order. It really is. It really is. But yeah, so that was just another fun experience that we had. Um, Two other podcasts that I I just kind of want to mention, and then I'll open it up to you, Sakili. One, Flood Zone Safety. For those that don't know, Sakili comes from a science background, graduated from Savannah State, has a master's degree, and I always mess it up, marine science. Is that correct? Marine sciences. (laughs) Marine sciences. Okay, I was a lot closer. It was better than marine biology. I only remember that because I remember when we were practicing putting it on our resume, they got mad. Um, so I got fussed at a little bit because I didn't look at what the official title was because it was mass. I put Masters of Marine Science on my resume, but it's actually I think on the website Master of Marine Science sits. So I was like, oh, I better always remember to add that S after that, so nobody is like, you don't even know what your degree is. I hope they <laughs> didn't. I hope nobody go goes here. to the website and then like they took the S off now and now I sound wrong. <laughs> But at the time, it was marine sciences, and I will hold to that. All right. So marine sciences is Sakili's master's degree. But she came to us with a science background, and that was one of the reasons we were excited to to onboard her. It's because one of her goals was to teach environmental challenges and to talk to people about things that are happening within that are out of our control, kind of, and that are affecting us, and that's the climate. And and how that you know results in natural disasters and hurricanes and storm surges. She was excited to share that information with us. So one of the podcasts that we got to do was with Michael Blakely and Tom McDonald talking about 
the new flood zones within Chatham County. Actually, they're across the country. There's new flood zones that were put out by FEMA. And that was a really fun one that was extremely educational to see like how these flood zones come together and kind of what those impacts have beyond just, you know, how much in insurance you might have to pay. You remember that one, Sahili? I do. Um, so fun fact, FEMA does have a flood risk map. And on our presentations, we also have the storm surge uh, maps. So those are really valuable tools for when you're trying to figure out your risk, or if you just want to emphasize the importance of evacuating to people who might be reluctant to evacuate. I always say in my presentations that um, if I knew the science or the magic to just prevent a hurricane from coming, I would, but I don't. So just leave. <laughs> There you go. All right. The last podcast that is another, probably another one of my favorites. And it's because it came with Sakili's like catchphrase for the entire month of October and November. And that was the Disaster Faith Network one. We were getting ready for our uh, oh, emergency yeah. preparedness summit for houses of worships and faith-based organizations. And we were talking about all the really cool things that were happening. And Sakili, like every minute was like, I'm excited about that. I said that a lot. It's so embarrassing. I said, and I'm excited about that. <laughs> and it became the theme of that entire podcast. Like, Sakili, are, are you excited about this one? You're like, yeah, I'm excited about that. She was beautiful. That wasn't planned. That just was something that happened to me. <laughs> that was just general, like, like genuine excitement from Sakili about that workshop. We never actually circled back though, Sakili. Did you have a good time with that workshop? Were you in I, fact just as excited at the event as you were preparing for it? I did. And part of the reason why I kept saying, I'm, and I'm excited about that during that podcast episode was because one of the large projects of my VISTA year was to help with building out the Disaster Faith Network and connecting with houses of worship and faith-based organizations. And the faith-based summit that was the subject of that episode was really the culmination, part of the culmination of all of that, where we actually got to see people in person and um, provide resources and information and education. So I was like, this is it. I'm excited about that. It's happening. And also there was free food there. So if you are a part of a faith-based organization or house of worship and you didn't come, come next time because we will feed you and the food will be good. The food was really good. We also had an incredibly awesome company. We were able to bring down Marcus Coleman, who's the director for faith-based and neighborhood partnerships as part of the Department of Homeland Security. How I was able to remember all of that spur of the moment, I'm so proud. Director I'm Coleman, too. I, feel like, I feel like you would be really proud, but that was awesome to be able to see him come present, come out of DC. He actually did a whole tour the whole week or I guess a couple of days leading up to our faith-based summit and tour different houses of worship, and, and talked with local nonprofits, faith-based organizations. It was a lot of fun. Sakili, do you, do you have any kind of takeaways from that? I'm just so grateful that Director Coleman came. It was one of the first public events that he did. He was so excited to interact with all the houses of worship and provide information and make connections. When he was here, I feel like every time he was talking to somebody, he either knew them or he knew somebody that they also knew very well. So he just knew everybody and was really engaged. 
um, and making sure that people knew about the workshops that were happening on the federal level and also about the nonprofit security grant program. Program. Okay. I was like, I'm going to say this wrong. So I was going to stop. No, that, that, was, was, that was perfect. And there are actually, opportunity. I think three or four houses of worship right here in Chatham County that applied for the nonprofit security grant program and received it in 2020 mm -hmm. and in 2021. So they, they were able to receive several thousand dollars that are going towards improvements that are security enhancements. So they're adding um, I think they're called ballads or ballards in front of doors so that it would yeah. prevent a, a car from kind of like ramming through and trying to injure people that are inside. A lot of really cool just security features that are added to these houses of worship. And that's amazing that the federal government has a grant that allows those houses of worship to kind of tap into it. So it's a big part of what Marcus was here talking about. Very mm -hmm. cool. All right. Sakili, do you have any other podcasts you want to mention, or are you ready to kind of transition to maybe a little bit larger and talking about your time here at SEMA as a whole? I do want to highlight, I learned a lot from Chelsea, and I also had the opportunity to learn a lot from Lee. Every time she came on the podcast, she's like our third unofficial co-host. She's taught me a ton, so I just wanted to do a quick shout out. She came to talk about fire hydrants and driving safely and I'm really going to miss, I'm going to miss her when I leave. <laughs> I know. Well, and just last week, Sakili got to take, so she, Sakili is talking about Lee Harold with Occupational Safety, Risk Management, and Disability Services, which is the longest county department name in the entire world. I let their director know about it all the time, but Lee is phenomenal. And, and she is quite literally who I want to be when I grow up. And she has been teaching and doing podcast and she's actually sits on the National Safety Council Advisory Committee and creates driver safety classes and she's amazing absolutely amazing. You actually Sakili got to sit through her first aid and CPR class last week. Did you want to talk a little bit about that experience as well? She's an incredible instructor. So one of the last things that I did that I've did it feels weird speaking past tense about my time here. I'm still here, but one of the last things that I did during my visitorship was to help put on a CERT training, which is a community emergency response training. It helps train community members on what to do and how to respond in the event of a disaster. And like, they're the people on the ground who can go help. And we had the opportunity to provide CPR and first aid training. And Lee is a really talented instructor. She, we had the CPR dummies. We had the whole thing. She was walking us through how to treat different injuries. And I was just amazed and engaged the whole time. And that's a long time to be sitting down. So I kind of low-key hope she's going to hear me because I think the logistics room is kind of positioned close to their office. <laughs> it is. It is. It's right beneath them. But yeah, Lee is incredible. There's a reason that I pull her into every one, every single start class, every podcast episode that I can. She does a phenomenal job and I'm definitely going to send this to her so that she can watch it. But all right, Sakili, let's talk kind of big picture and some big takeaway items. You have been at SEMA for a year. You've completed as of this week, the episode is going to air you have completed your, your service term. What are some takeaways that you've had? What are 
some things that you've learned or things that maybe you learned in general or things that you learned about yourself? So some general things. I'll start with emergency preparedness because hello, it's Sima. Um, <laughs> emergency preparedness doesn't have to be complicated and a really good way to get it started with your family or your loved ones and whoever is a part of your family emergency plan is to get involved, either if that's volunteering with local nonprofits or the local government, because that will sort of give you an insider's view onto how everything is gonna work when an emergency happens. And if you don't wanna go that far, I would say it's really, there are some simple steps you can take into building more preparedness and safety into your life, like taking aside spare items for your emergency kit that you don't really use. Like if you have a waterproof container and an extra roll of gauze in your first aid kit, you can start that first aid kit for your emergency kit. If you just buy one item, you know, for, from a, during, you know, whenever you get your paycheck off of Amazon, even if it's just like a $20 flashlight, that's fine. And multi-purpose items are great because those will help you. I would also say I learned to not compare the activating of the EOC to the Avengers or the Rescue Heroes because I got made fun of. <laughs> and also what about just, that one time you created a video game? I did make a video game and we don't talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> so if anyone is interested, there was a hurricane preparedness video game, which is really in Gather, which is a video-based conferencing system, which I always say, but the platform that it uses, it looks like little 8-bit avatars that can traverse through a conference space and you can talk to the other avatars. You can also have your video on so people can see you. So that's a fun way to have a virtual, more engaging Zoom meeting but there was also educational content that people could interact with and little preparedness quizzes that people could take. So I made a not video game that has been christened a video game ever since. I think yeah. my face got photoshopped onto an image of Zelda at some point because everybody was like, Sakina's playing Zelda over there. I will not name names about who did it, but it happened, fun fact. <laughs> yes, it definitely did. Uh, and that was when Sakili was completing that assignment. I got so many messages throughout the office. Like, are you aware that Sakili is playing video games all day? I'm like, it's not a video game. Not video got really defensive about it for a while. I was very defensive. And then that was my, that was my catchphrase for, I think, September. It's not a video game. <laughs> Video-based conferencing system. Oh, my goodness. That's beautiful. Sakili, what are the takeaways that did you have? Um, I think I have a list here about the things that I learned. So I also learned a lot about outreach and communication, and these are general, more large overarching takeaways. So people may not always remember exactly what you said during a presentation, especially if it's very long. So make sure to focus on your key points and also remember that, um, they won't always remember exactly what you said, but they will remember how they felt. Um, either during that volunteer opportunity or during that presentation. And that will also affect how effective you are and how well they receive that information. So remember those two things. And that goes into the next part. Planning events is really stressful, but it's still important to enjoy that event when the time comes so that you can appreciate all the hard work 
work that you put into it and so that everybody who is there feels appreciated. Make sure that they have fun and that you have a little bit of fun if possible or that you at least enjoy that event for what it was or what it is so that your all your hard work is not lost. You know, you want to be present in the moment when the moment comes after the planning is done. That's a really good point. That's, a, that's an excellent point. All right, so Sakili, before we get to our final two questions, you did something very exciting during your time here at SEMA, and it was very recently. Mm. You had many firsts. You got to go to your very first conference. Oh, I you did. Got to I go to Texas for the first time, and you got to fly on an airplane for the first time. You want to talk a little bit about those? Absolutely. I can't believe I didn't think about that sooner because I, I guess I was thinking too much about podcasts and general community outreach and emergency preparedness stuff. So Chelsea and I went to the government social media conference in Dallas, Texas, and you know now, but you may not have known before, I had never been on an airplane before. So that was my first plane ride to Dallas, and I've never been to Texas before either. I've been other places and I travel, but like I usually just drive so it's not anyway that, that's neither here nor there I got on a plane for the first time and I always joke whenever anybody asks me about it I said I did way better than that baby in the back because there was a baby on the plane and the baby cried the whole time and I didn't even cry a little bit so there was that and then we were able to go and meet representatives from major social media platforms that gave us the best best practices about how to use their apps and we were able to establish contacts and I was able to network and be in another place for a while and be maybe conference famous. We don't know. I think it's pretty, I think it's pretty obvious. Uh, Sakili was, and this is like a just general pro tip. If you are a young professional and you do not have business cards, just take a QR code and QR code. yeah, and make it connect to your LinkedIn account and then just keep it in your wallet or attach it to your phone so that when someone says, hey, like, I would love to connect with you, you yeah, can be just like conference Sakili and just like whip out your QR code and be like, you know what, you can scan this and we can connect, yeah, on, we can LinkedIn. connect on LinkedIn. I don't even know who that person was. We <laughs> all agree that conference Sakili was an entirely different persona. It was a lot. But fun fact, if you don't have the time to print out QR codes, there's an app called Hi Hello, and it will generate a QR code for you that will, uh, the people can scan on your phone and it will send them, you know, whatever email you choose, whatever phone number you choose, if you choose a phone number and also your LinkedIn profile. And you can have uh, both personal Hi Hello business card and a work one. That's not sponsored, but it's good and it's free, so you can use it for free. <laughs> Ooh, picking up some tips. I like this, I like this. Yeah, that was a really fun experience, getting to go to that conference. First of all, this was the first time that I was able to go anything, go to any events or any conferences since 2019. So that was fun in itself to be able to get on a plane and travel and go stay somewhere and learn new things. It was a lot of fun. And Kili, I'm really glad that I got to do it with you. And thank you for bringing me. Yeah, it was, it was, it was good fun for sure. All right, kind of wrap up questions. You've been here your year, you've hit your service term. If you were restarting all over again, 
Is there anything that you would do differently or anything that you would change about your service time? I learned a lot about emergency management, but I feel like I would spend even more time and get more engaged from the beginning in um, that kind of training. So I did get to go to the SEMA EOC 100 slash 200 one, and that was really interesting, but I wish I had done more. You know, I did all the FEMA independent study training that we had set out at the beginning, but I wish I had gotten even more involved with it so that if there was an activation or I guess when there was another <laughs> activation of the EOC that I could have had, you know, more of an active role or even gone to like other sections like planning or operations and helped out. I was kind of just limited to my communication role, which is fine because that was what I was trying to do. But I almost wish I had been able to kind of traverse uh, the wilds of emergency. Traverse the wilds. Traverse the wilds. <laughs> that beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. All right, and then let's end it on kind of a, an exciting note. If someone listening to, to our podcast today wanted to get into emergency management or wanted to kind of start their career, like you're in the process of doing right now, what, what piece of advice would you have for them? I would say emergency management or otherwise, don't worry about being annoying. Um, being quiet is probably not going to get you where you want to go. Uh, there's a lot of people, all of them looking for jobs, all of them looking to start their career, or at least many of them doing that. So you might have to be the one person that sends a bunch of emails or stalks somebody on LinkedIn or redoes that application. And, you know, of course, be selective with your energy, but just understand that um, you're not in the wrong if you're like, oh, but I don't want to be annoying. No, go ahead and be annoying. Send that email, ask those questions, because you're, the worst thing somebody can say to you is no, and you're never going to know the answer to your question if you never ask it. And then the worst thing would be having to know the answer to that question and everybody thinking you know the answer and then not knowing it later. So ask the questions, send the email, stop that person on LinkedIn, ask for that person to be your mentor, expand that network, just, just go for it. All the things that you think, oh, it's too much. I don't want to be that person. I don't want to be pestering, but I don't want to be annoying. Just do it. Do it. What's, what's the worst thing that could happen to you? They think you're annoying, so what? You didn't know them before and you don't know them now. Wow. Sakili, that is incredible. And it's actually extremely relevant to me. And, and that, that's one thing that I would, I would like to leave on. You have taught me more than I ever thought possible. You continue to challenge me. You are such a beautiful soul and such an incredible person. Mm -hmm. and, it, and it has been an honor to work with you over the last year. And I'm still in denial that you're leaving and I will be in denial until your very last day. And we have cake and I'm told that you're not coming back the next day, but it has been, it has been a true honor. And I'm going to stop talking now before I just start crying. And there's mm -hmm. a good reason that you are downstairs and I'm upstairs right now because we were too close. I would just start crying. Mm -hmm. But thank you very much for your service. Thank you very much for all of your time. And I will continue to thank you throughout the next week. <laughs> I promise. I, I, I promise at some point I'll, I'll stop. But thank you. I appreciate you. And I wish you the best in whatever the future holds for you. 100%. Thank you.
I feel like we should just end the podcast now so before either of us start crying. Right? No, exactly. All right, <laughs> listeners, sorry you had to get, like, we got a little mushy there at the end, but I hope that you you learned something from this episode. Sakili is a wealth of knowledge, and I'm sure that if you guys have questions for her, I will promise you I will have a way to stay in touch with her moving forward. Please she don't hesitate. Yeah, I'm not going <laughs> to I promise. I might. I actually can't promise that. I will cry at some point. Thank you guys so much for listening. We appreciate you. And we will see you next time on our podcast. Y'all ready for this. Bye guys. Bye.